With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning. Good morning and welcome to the Morning Report. This is Morning Report 159. Uh, It's July 15th, 2020 in the year of our Lord. So we appreciate you being here. Thank you ever so much. It's been a rough, I'm going to be honest with you, it's been a rough week. Uh, It has been, you know, we had a really hard start to the week uh, as far as the Morning Report goes in work and getting everything, you know, done in the way that we need to get done. And we sort of sort of fell off a little bit and we apologize for that. But you know, it's Wednesday, middle of the week. And uh, it, it is Wednesday. It is Wednesday, right? Yeah, it is. It's Wednesday and it's the middle of the week and we seem like we're um, back on an even keel. Uh, we're we're, we're going to do this and then Thursday. Oh, and we'll have Thursday and Friday done, so we're good to go. Yeah, so we're gonna so we're going to find a way to uh, get out of the week in fine, fine fashion. We hope that you have been well um, during this time. Uh, I know that a lot of people uh, who are my uh, state mates here in Florida, some of you are concerned about the rising, um, so excuse me, so-called rising coronavirus numbers. Uh, this past weekend, a single-day record of fifteen thousand three hundred. Um, cases of coronavirus, uh, supposedly, and I know <laughs> the rest of the country is like, ah! and Florida's like, we're number one, we're number one. And what? <laughs> okay. Um, but there is nuance there, and we will talk about that this week. We won't talk about it today um, because I don't want to become coronavirus all the time. Coronavirus, corona, coronavirus, coronavirus, Rona, 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 Rona. Um, so, because some of this fear porn is just, it's debilitating. My advice to you is that you disengage from some of the fear porn. If you're, you know what, if you're okay now, the chances are you're going to be okay. Okay? Uh, dis- disconnect from some of the fear porn. Um, it's not good for you. I mean, it, 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 um, that, that sort of thing, you know, activates your stress hormones. And when your stress hormones are activated, your immune system is weakened. And that's exactly what we don't need. We don't need your uh, immune system to be weakened. So sometimes you just have to disconnect, especially from the fear porn. Stop watching every news conference, um, either by your state officials, your local officials, or even the president. Stop it. Stop reading every article about coronavirus, coronavirus, coronavirus. It's mutating. It's changing. Every every symptom that you could possibly have. You know, I had this, you know, I had this ingrown toenail and and, and it it may be coronavirus related. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. You know, it's like, and I I, I posted on Facebook today, it's like, damn it, like some people are, like some of y'all are cheering for the virus. And frankly, some people are cheering for the virus. Because if they can cheer for the virus and, and, and hopefully for them, Enough people die, they can get rid of Donald Trump. That's what this is about. It has, it has disintegrated. It has morphed into this. So disconnect from it. Um, today uh, we're going to talk about um, uh, 
the opt-ed, you might have heard, uh, editor of the New York Times has resigned, and her her resignation letter is fire. Her resignation letter is fire. This is not a uh, Donald Trump supporter. This is not a Republican. This is not a conservative. Um, This is not even a moderate. But her um, resignation letter is fire and is so eye-opening to what's actually happening in mainstream media today. Uh, And, of course, the old gray lady, the the paper of record, um, that so many people, so many people around the country hang their hats on as if, if it's put in, in the New York Times, then it's vetted and it's, um, it's true and we should respect it and blah, 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 blah. Hmm. I'm going to, uh, go through her letter a little bit and, and this is, uh, her name is, her name is Barry, Barry Weiss, um, not Barry White. No, baby, it's not Barry White. Um, it's not. It's, it's Barry, Barry B A R I Weiss, and um, some of the things that she says in her resignation letter are they're eye opening, and quite frankly encouraging. All right, um, and we're also going to go on ahead on um, Robert Udani, I guess his name is, who is the um, CEO of Goya Foods, and how he so far so far has it right, and as. Other companies should look to his example as this is how you fight off the mob. This is how you fight off the mob. So far, so good. And some of the mob reaction to um, Mr. Yunani's support of the president and not backing down and not apologizing, moving forward, and some of the reaction of the mob. We're going to talk a little bit about that. And speaking of that, we're also going to talk a little bit. Uh, actually, uh, Tim Bryce has a piece on how we need to deal with the mainstream media. It's pretty good. It's pretty doggone good. You, you'll want to hear that today, too. Um, so, again, thanks for, um, thanks for popping in. Uh, let's get started. Let's get started with uh, the fun and the frivolity. Um, because I think that this this letter, um, this resignation letter is, again, I think it's fire. I really do. Let's go ahead and hop in. Again, Barry Weiss um, just resigned as the op-ed editor. Now, um, there was a Mike, Mike Bennett, I think his name was, who was forced out before her because he let an, uh, an op-ed piece written by um, Tom Cotton who happens to be a United States senator, by the way. You get, you get what I'm saying? It isn't like um, Bennett let an op-ed written by me end up in the record of, in, in, the, in, the, in the paper of record. He, it was an op-ed piece written by a, US, a sitting U.S. senator from Arkansas. And, of course, Twitter that believes it's the real world, that it matters, went bananas. And then it was forced out, literally forced out. His replacement, and this has only been, and this has only been a couple of months, Barry Weiss is also leaving. Um, 
she writes this. I mean, it's a it, it's a pretty lengthy. I won't read all of it to you. Obviously, it's pretty lengthy, because um, she's a writer, so they just write. Um, Resignation letter. She says, it is with sadness that I write to tell you that I am resigning from the New York Times. She hasn't been there very long. I joined the paper with gratitude and optimism three years ago. I was hired with the goal of bringing the voices, the voices that would not otherwise appear in your pages. First-time writers, centrists, conservatives, and others who would not normally think the Times as their home. The reason for this effort was clear. The paper's failure to anticipate the outcome of the 2016 election meant that if it didn't have a firm grasp on the country it covers. Now, if you've listened to me in any of my platforms in the past four years, what I, I have been saying that all these media sources after the 2016 election should have gotten all their editors and all their producers and, and and directors in one room. CNN should have done this. MSNBC should have done this. ABC, CBS, NBC, MSNBC. They should all should have, the New York Times, Washington Post, all of them should have gotten gotten in a room at their um, their companies and said, "How did we get this so wrong? How do we get this so wrong?" How is it possible? The, I mean, all the polling organizations, how did we miss this by this much? It wasn't like they, you know, um, they had all said Trump was going to win and it was, and the, and the average was, uh, he'll win by four points. And he, he won by 40 points. Or he won by three points. They, I mean, they missed this by a mile. They missed this by a friggin' mile. A parsec. For some of our our, our, our more nerdy sci- sci-fi fans, they missed it by a parsec. And and what they and what none of them did was spend some time doing some some self-evaluation, some self some introspection. Some corporate in, in you know introspection, some editorial introspection, and seeing how do we miss this? How do we not have a finger on the pulse of America? The New York Times amongst them. Dean Bucket and others have admitted as much on various occasions. The priority in opinion was to help redress this critical shortcoming. The op-ed pieces all said Trump was a loser. All said Trump would be, get crushed. All said that Hillary Clinton was the was the next logical choice. All of the all of them did. There was there was no other voice on any other side in any of these in any of these institutions, these media institutions, none. And this was a problem. So um, she also writes. But the lessons that ought ha- excuse me, the, the lessons that ought to have followed the election, lessons about the importance of understanding other Americans, the necessity for resisting tribalism, and the centrality um, 
of the free exchange of ideas to a democratic society have not been learned. Instead, a new consensus has emerged in the press, but perhaps especially at this paper, that truth isn't a process of collective discovery, but an orthodoxy already known to an enlightened few whose job is to inform everybody else. Did you, did you did you hear that? Did you hear that? This is super important. That truth isn't a process of collective discovery, but an orthodoxy already known to an enlightened few whose job is to perform, uh, inform everybody else. The idea is that we're not going to look for truth. We're not going to dig in to see what's really happening at all. No, no, no. We already know what's true. Orange man bad. Orange man bad. Orange man bad. Now, our job now is to tell everybody else, orange man bad. We're not going to look into anything. We're not going to be told anything. We're not going to try to discover anything. And anybody who tries to, we are going to crush you. Which is where she brings in Twitter. Uh, And there are people who get all their information from Twitter. And I've said here on this program... Twitter is a damn dumpster fire. It's a dumpster fire. Now Rush mentioned this yesterday, and 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 you guys know if you listen to me, I'm I'm I don't what I don't do is I don't spout uh, what other um, pundits and whatever other, other announcers people who have programs radio programs like this worse and better um, what they're saying. I hardly ever do that, but I found it interesting that his thoughts coincided with my own. Did you hear how, how I put that? Because this, this is the truth. That bit of nuance is important. How his thoughts coincided with my own. Not how my thoughts coincided with his. How his thoughts coincided with my thoughts. Um, Rush and I have not spoken. He's been busy and I don't have his number. And if I had his number, I doubt very seriously that he would take my call. I got it like that. Rush and I aren't friends, but it was interesting that he mentioned that Twitter, for the most, for a lot of it, a lot of it's bots. If you, if you don't know what a bot is, a bot is, is simply a software program. Now I know people want to think that they're actually robots or sitting behind some some computer writing these posts. No, they're mostly just. Um, it, it's a, a bot is a software program that you can get one person to look for something and do opposition posts to it. Or you could spread out, you know, information or disinformation and it could seem to overwhelm for because it's from different um it's from different it seems like it's from different people, but it's not from different people. It's all from the same source. And if you want to know if, if somebody who something is posted on Twitter is a bot or not, go to the profile. And sometimes you'll see that the person has, they may have 16,000 tweets. They've got no followers and they don't follow anybody. Now, some of the bots are, you know, some of the programs are getting smarter. They follow each other. So, they, so it looks like they have more followers.
but these these other followers are also a bot and they just retweet and it gives the impression remember what i talked about a few uh, uh, last week week before last about the um the uh, inevitability factor the impression of inevitability twitter is rife with all that crap but this is where she talks about twitter this is this is super important um Twitter is not on the masthead of the New York Times. But Twitter has become its ultimate editor. And I think what she means by that is that if you publish an article and Twitter, big quotation, big air quotes, doesn't like it, and then the New York Times falls over itself backtracking, apologizing, um, scrubbing um, the internet, doing whatever they can, whatever mea culpa they can to appease the mob. Twitter doesn't like us. <laughs> As if Twitter is real and Twitter is not real. Because Twitter said in 2016 that Trump would lose in a landslide. It would be an, an embarrassment for the Republican Party. The Republican Party would be basically... Um, useless um, for the next 20 years. I was wrong. Twitter was wrong because Twitter's not real. It's not real. She writes, as as the ethics and mores of that pl- platform have become those of the paper, the paper itself has increasingly become a kind of performance space. Stories are chosen and told in a way to satisfy the narrowest of audiences rather than to allow a curious public to read about the world and draw their own conclusions. I was always taught that journalists were charged with the writing of the first, excuse me, the rough, the first rough draft of history. Now history itself is one more um, ephemeral thing molded to fit the needs of the predetermined narrative. So, the idea is that now, the first rough draft of history has got to meet the narrative. And who's the narrative? The narrative, she's already said that in this letter, It's this, this is very, very good. She's, she's already said this narrative. This narrative is the truth that is predetermined, that's an orthodoxy already known to an enlightened few. So, whatever they print has to fit the narrative. It is, Andrew Breitbart told me years ago, not someone I, 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 I have, I did have the pleasure, the honor of meeting and, and, and speaking with, um, whoever controls the narrative controls everything. So it is super important to, to hold on to the narrative. That's what we're talking about. This letter goes on. Now, where I'm going to post this letter on the fightbackmedia.com website, fightbackmedia.com, fightbackmedia.com, on the front page, so you don't even have to look for it, okay? 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 I'm going to post this letter on the website so you can go and read it yourself. None of this means that some of the most talented journalists in the world still don't labor for this newspaper. They do. 
in which what which is what makes the illiberal environment especially heartbreaking. I will never be as uh, as ever a dedicated reader of their work. But I can no longer do the work that you brought me here to do. The work that Adolf Ox described in that famous 1896 statement to make the column of the New York Times a forum for the consideration of all questions of public importance. And to that end, invite intelligent discussion from all shades of opinion. Ox ideas is one that I've, I that I've best encountered. I've always conformed myself with the notion that the best ideas win out. But the ideas cannot win on their own. They need a voice. They need a hearing. Above all, they must be backed by people willing to live by them. All right. That is just, it's awesome. It's awesome. 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 So the the uptake from all this for me is that people are getting it. People are getting it. Again, um, this this woman is not a fire-breathing conservative by any interest of imagination. Don't think so. So don't think, folks. Don't think that you've got another Trump supporter on your hands because you don't. You don't. Not at all. Not at all. And this person still might vote for Joe Biden. Yeah. And Andrew Cuomo and Bill de Blasio. Still. But the internal workings of these of, of this continuous drumbeat of this is the narrative. My favorite line is from this from this uh, this letter is that the truth is no longer let me let me go to it. I want I, I want to quote it. I don't want to paraphrase it. I don't want to paraphrase it. The truth isn't a process of collective discovery, but an orthodoxy already known to an enlightened few whose job is to inform everyone else. That is such a powerful line. That's the most powerful line in the whole thing. That tells you what you're seeing. That tells you exactly what we've been seeing what we've been seeing by mainstream media. I think that's super powerful. All right. Um, speaking of powerful, we all need that example in our lives of somebody who is willing to go through the fire. Because we're, we're all in a position at some point to have gone through something. I think the people who have gone through something but basically they're probably less likely to tell you about it. They're like the grandpa who was in World War One or World War Two, or, or Vietnam now. Because great-grandpa was in, in World War Two, Or, you know, a grandpa was in Vietnam. Or even the Gulf War, who saw some stuff, who went through the fire, but probably won't tell you about it. Doesn't like talk, Doesn't like talking about it. Doesn't like talking about themselves. But it doesn't mean that their stories aren't important. Their stories are very important. Their stories are, are, are usually very encouraging 
and they are things that we can build a life on. And if you can find people in your community like that, then I think, I personally think, Willie thinks that we should talk about them, even if they won't talk about themselves. One of these people in my in my circle of friends is Christine Vasconcello of Blooming Days Flower Shop. Blooming Days Flower Shop is one of the is a premier florist in the Tampa Bay area. It is easy to say what a great job Christine and her staff do. They've been in the FT, FTD 100 club for like 10 years in a row. It's ridiculous. They are on the business side, uh, on the art side of this, they are killing it. You won't get a better arrangement for a better price and have better service than Blooming Days Flower Shop. www.bloomingdays.com. You just won't. But that's not the most important thing. The most important thing is the heart and soul of this little company. How Christine, as a youngster, worked in the shop that her father bought for her mother, gave it to her as a gift. If you're going to work hard, you might as well work for yourself. Just that lesson encourages me. Just that lesson. If you're going to work hard, you might as well work for yourself. And Christine has taken that, taken that up as a lifestyle for everybody in this community to see. One of our local heroes. Please, don't buy flowers from 1-800-whatever. Don't go online and buy flowers. And please, for God's sakes, don't buy those dead-ass flowers from the grocery store. If you want flowers, arrangements done professionally by artists who care about their craft and still will offer you a competitive price, Blooming Days Flower Shop, www.bloomingdays.com. Thank you ever so much, Christine. We love you so much. All right. Um, let's see. Let's see what's next on the thing. Oh, yeah. Goya. Goya. Well, the CEO of Goya Foods. Now, some of you have not heard of Goya Foods. You're like, Goya? Goya? What the hell is Goya? And it's funny. A lot. I mean, the, the it, it's funny. The, the sort of the same amount of people on the Internet that were searching um, Lift Every Voice and Sing just did the whole stop searching for that, switched over to Goya, Goya. I don't know what Goya foods are. Well, Goya food is a, um, is a company that basically provides Spanish food, you know, Latin food, beans, uh, all sorts of, all sorts of beans, really. Um, they've got this, um, and, and seasonings for, um, Latin food, uh, and they've been around forever and ever and ever and ever. Fantastic. And if you are, again, and if you are somebody who, who, who cooks Spanish food, who, who, who grew up on Spanish food, um, and you go, if you go to your mother's or your grandmother's cabinet and you open up her pantry, 
you know you have seen that Goya label, G-O-Y-A. You have seen it. It's everywhere. Every seasoning in the house, other than maybe some Morton salt, is a Goya seasoning. Well, their CEO, Robert Yunani, came out and said this. Um, that he's he is he believes that we are blessed that we have such a great leader like Donald Trump. We are truly blessed at this same time to have a leader like President Trump, who is a builder. And of course, the mob of cancel culture just lost their damn mind. And they started a what? They started what they do. They tried to they tried to cancel Goya. Can't cancel Goya. Especially in the communities where Goya is is, is one of the go to food companies. And why? For no other reason I'm sorry, I'm having I, I'm had a sip of coffee. Uh, for, and for no other reason and for no other reason. It isn't that Goya has done any, anything bad. It isn't that Goya has, I don't know, put kids in, you know, in cages. It isn't that Goya has uh, sent old people who had coronavirus back to the nursing home to infect uh, old people. It's not that Goya has done any of those things. The um, CEO of Goya had the nerve to say something positive about the President of the United States. That was the crime. That was the crime. That's it. But I'm going to tell you, for the most part, that's what this is all about. I'm just, I, 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 you know, I'm just simply not going to, to, to candy coat it for you anymore. That's what it's all about. That's it. It is as simple and stupid and ridiculous and childish as the as the twelve year old girl um analogy that I have been pushing here on this program and others for years. It's about that. We don't like him, so you can't like him either. And if you like him, we don't like you. What the hell? And that's what this is about. It it really is. Which is why, folks, friends, friends, we have got to stop taking these people so damn seriously. The idea is that you cannot, and this is what, and this is what the CEO has said by his actions. You and and this is something that that, that we're, I'm, well, a lot of us are trying hard to get you you, you people to understand. You cannot give an inch. Not an inch. You can't apologize because you'll never be able to apologize enough. You can't retract a statement because you can't back up fast enough, far enough. You cannot give an inch. The best thing, the best thing that Rabiani did was not back up. It's a family-owned business. The best thing he did, he did is, as, as so far anyway, is not back up. 
and with the scheduled quote boycotts that were uh, that were happening, um, people on on the uh, on TikTok and on, on on Twitter and on Facebook were planning for boycotts. This is where Chick Fil A fails. Not in their product, and not in their service. Not I mean their service their services is second to none, and their product is off the damn chain still. It just is. But where they where they fell off as a as a as a company was that they gave into the mob. The CEO gave into the mob. I have to wonder if they're going to take a hit financially, but that's off in the that's off in the future. We're gonna to have to watch that as time goes as time goes by. Chick fil A has an advantage though. Uh, a lot of their, you know, a lot of their restaurants are are franchises, and it is important that those franchises have already in- integrated themselves into their communities, and their owners are known because that's that's sort of the model. So they've they've got a buffer, and they're sort of eh, from the um, from the corporate side of it. Goya has done the perfect thing. They didn't back off because there was nothing that at that point he could have offered. Now, what has let's let's talk about Goya for a second because this is really the blueprint, the 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 blueprint for what corporations have to do moving forward through the mob. This is the blueprint. First of all, never ever apologize. come up with clear non-capricious company stances on whatever the hell you want to I don't think it's important I don't I personally don't think it's important that that these corporations need to have an opinion or a stance on everything that that bubbles to the surface of that crap pie called Twitter who cares so what do you think about this so what do you think about gay marriage we don't. We make beans. <laughs> we don't. We don't think about that. Goya Foods announces a nationwide culinary arts, uh, art, food and arts sciences press release. Uh, Goya Foods donated 10,000 pounds of healthy food products to City Harvest. Goya launched his new line of, uh, yeah, let's see. Goya donates $150,000 to Maestro, Maestro Cars Foundation. Goya donates over 300,000 pounds of food and 25,000 hot meals to victims of, I think this was, yeah, the, uh, of Hurricane Sandy in New York. Uh, that's the kind of stuff they do. Uh, Goya donates 40,000 pounds of food to charities nationwide. Um, Goya launches My Plate, My Plato cook- Cookbook. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Goya food selects meritorious and, and, and Goya, there is there's another one. Goya donates forty thousand pounds of food to City Harvest again. Goya um, continues to support First Lady Michelle Obama's My Plate. Do you want to say Goya continues to support First Lady Michelle Obama's My Plate initiative? 
encourage encourages healthy eating at the PIX11 Health and Wellness Expo. Goya Foods was there. So was there some screaming and yelling from the right that when Goya decided to support uh, Michelle Obama's My Plate campaign? No, of course not. This campaign benefits the core of what Goya is about. Goya is about healthy food, and it's a food company. So it was okay. This man is doing it correct. And this should be a blueprint for every other every other corporation. Take a stand and stand there. Weather the storm. And you will figure out that, again, you will never be able, never be able to do enough. You will never be able to apologize enough. You will never be able. And this company, Frank, quite frankly, doesn't have to. They've already done the work. They've already done the work. Goya donated a lot of food to the to, to the um, the Puerto Rico. Remember the Puerto Rican hurricane in the Caribbean. They responded in a huge damn way. Huge way. After the passage of Hurricane Irma and recognizing the importance um, of the aid needed by thousands of people in Puerto Rico and the British and Virgin Islands and the Caribbean, Goya, Puerto Rico, has begun distributing more than 100,000 pounds of non-perishable products amongst the victims. That was September 14, 2017. Because, quite frankly, what Goya knows is they've already done the work. They don't need, they don't need the virtual signaling bullcrap from the mob. And if you're a corporation that, that has already done the work, then what you don't need is the support of the mob quote on Twitter. Because I've been telling you all, all day, Twitter is not real. Twitter doesn't matter. Who gives a damn? All right, well, wow, yeah, yeah, I get, you know, I get a little, I get a little riled up, I get, I get a little riled up sometimes, I do, I do, I do, I haven't taken my, I haven't taken my blood pressure, my blood pressure medicine yet, so you have to, you have to, you have to, you have to give me, you know, give me a little, give, give me a little time, give me a little time, um, but this is, it's, it's absolutely, positively insane, how this crap, how this Horrific crap continues and it goes on and on. And and I guess what probably bothers me more than anything, frankly, is that we are not as a group of conservative adults. What we're not doing is calling the crap out at for what it is that we re, that we that you know especially conservatives we continue to react to every stimulus or stimuli 
from the left. We complete, continue to play the defensive game. But now it's a perfect opportunity to play the offensive game. You know, my friend um, of Topher Town Music, on, he's, his, his main platform is on TikTok, um, but he's on uh, Instagram and, and some other places. And he, he actually, he's, I don't see him on Twitter much. Why? Because Twitter is a dumpster fire. Um, actually decided to get a GoFundMe account to go to stores in his area and buy all of the Goya foods that were in these stores. I think he raised like $10,000 and documented he driving around where he lives, going to grocery stores and buying all of the Goya products, selling them out in this buy time. Which is cool. It's kind of a bummer if I'm, you know, if I'm looking to go into the store and, and you know, and, and you know, and, and buy some garbanzo beans for my Spanish bean soup. Uh, yeah, dude, I, you got those. And what he's been, and what they're doing is they're buying them and they and they're donating them to food banks, in, you know, in in his city. So it isn't like he's just buying them and they're sitting in his house. He's donating that food to food banks, uh, continuing Goy's work um, to give. Um, to charities in the area. All right. Got another one. Goya gives 120,000 pounds of food, $10,000, and uh, and toys to Catholic charities. Goya has already done the work and continues to do the work, so they don't need the approval of the mob. Good on them. Good on them. All right. Now it's um time for my my friend Tim Bryce to uh, let you know how you sh- why should we should all be dealing with uh, the media, especially the media as it is today. Um, Tim is a um, someone that actually I met at the Trump rally, uh, waiting to get in, uh, you know, in the press line, and we struck up a conversation and we struck up a friendship. So uh, Tim has been reporting on state and national politics for the past 25 plus years and um, always has a very clear, a very poignant uh, perception of what's actually going on. So without further ado, uh, our segment, Bryce is Right. This is Tim Bryce with my column titled 10 Tips for Confronting the News Media. One of the great fatalities of the 21st century is the integrity of American journalism. We no longer have confidence in the media's ability to represent the facts honestly and impartially. This is Tim Bryce with my column titled, 10 Tips for Confronting the News Media. One of the great fatalities of the 21st century is the integrity of American journalism. We no longer have confidence in the media's ability to represent the facts honestly and impartially. America's trust in the news media is almost as low as their trust in Congress, and that is not a good thing. In fact, many Americans consider the news media as a branch of a political party. And no, it is not the Republicans, which is why they look elsewhere for sources of news, mostly trusting live speeches, events, and interviews, and not the op-eds of what was said afterwards. The news media answers to no one except the almighty dollar. Even here, though, their soiled integrity has cost them billions, and they continue to lose subscribers and viewers. 
Therefore, the best way to attack them is to eliminate their source of energy, right in the pocketbook. Far left is cognizant of this, as they have attacked Fox News and their shows in this manner for a number of years. Perhaps now is the time to fight fire with fire. Presidential election years represent boom times for the media. In 2018 alone, representing a minor midterm election, over $2 billion was spent on the media. In all likelihood, 2020 will double this. Take away the media source of money, and you are well on your way to crippling them. I'm often asked by grassroots voters, what can I do? Actually, quite a lot. Here are 10 suggestions, some rather obvious, others coming from the playbook of the far left. Number one, just say no, meaning cancel subscriptions and refuse to watch certain television networks. Ratings are closely monitored by everyone, particularly advertisers. When ratings go down, advertisers look for other avenues to promote their wares. Number two, boycott sponsors. This is a favorite of the far left. Not only do they attack the networks, they also attack the advertisers through a letter-writing campaign. Let's put the shoe on the other foot for a change. Number three, pick at the news media. The media loves to report protests, but not of their own offices. Yet their competitors are quick to report on such demonstrations. If you're going to do this, assemble an impressive number of people and have someone play press agent to let the media and others know of the picketing. Also have a rehearsed spokesman ready to answer questions from the press and have a press release ready. Even better, hold a Trump flag waving event in front of their offices. This will make their heads spin. Number four, be vocal. Instigate a letter-writing campaign to the news media for false reporting, also known as fake news. This can usually be done online through the company's website. The more people involved in the letter-writing campaign, the better. Even though the news media will likely not print your letter, beat them over the head again and again until they realize people are not happy with them. Your objective is to make them squeamish about writing a similar piece. Number five, write essays, blogs, podcasts, or use social media to call for the resignation of certain reporters, editors, and publishers. Again, turn the heat up by doing so over and over again. Conversely, compliment such people when they've done a good job. See a poll with suspicious data? Call them out on it. Do not let their claims go unchallenged. Most do not know how to conduct a fair and impartial survey. Let the world know about it. Number six, seek out polls on news media performance. It is difficult to be put on a list to participate, but if a media-related poll is revealed, be sure to tell your colleagues about it and encourage them to vote accordingly. Such polls are also monitored by advertisers. Number seven, distribute news yourself through social media. By doing so, you are discrediting fake news and weakening their power. Number eight, push for electoral reform. The news media makes its billions thanks in part to a long electoral cycle, usually two years for presidential candidates. But if this was reduced in time to one year, six months, or whatever, it would have a devastating effect on the cash flow of the news media. There's another idea. Instead of giving everything to the news media, how about establishing a one-for-one concept? Meaning for every dollar spent on marketing by the candidate, another dollar would be placed in a separate account for either a charity or to improve the nation's infrastructure. 
in addition to cutting the news media's income in half, we could actually do some good with the campaign money. Number nine, demand certification. Ask your congressman to introduce legislation mandating certification of journalists covering government. Journalism is one of the few professions that does not require certification. One program I am familiar with is the Constitution First Amendment Press Association. Their pledge is a sort of Hippocratic oath as applied to journalists. The CFAPA pledge means they will conform to ethical standards. Imagine that. And number 10, report flagrant errors in news reporting to the FCC. This applies to news as presented on television, radio, the Internet, and by telephone. Again, the more complaints, the more effective you will be. This is quite a list, and much more than one person can do alone. But if everyone did just one thing from the list, imagine how far we could go in terms of correcting the problems of the press. Please note, I'm certainly not asking you to break the law or spread fallacious lies. That is what the far left does. I'm just trying to review alternatives to combat an out-of-control news media. And finally, if you are part of an organized political group, appoint a news media coordinator who will solicit and train volunteers, devise strategy, and lead the troops into battle. Good luck. Friends, keep the faith. This is Tim Bryce in Palm Harbor, Florida. Follow me on the internet at timbryce.com. All right. Well, again, thank you ever so much for uh, for tuning in today. My name is Willie Lawson. This is the Morning Report here on Spreaker. We're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. We're on everywhere where you get podcasts for free. Because we're damn sure ain't making any money. <laughs> um, you can tune in. Please do, do us a favor. Go to the fightbackmedia.com, fightbackmedia.com, fightbackmedia.com website, and um, please bookmark it. Please share it. Contact us. Uh, drop your email address. Scroll down to the bottom and drop your email address off. That way we can let you know of some of the things that are happening. Uh, we are also tied to my friends at the Tampa Bay, at TBC Tampa, which is a conservative website for, for, for by conservatives of the Tampa area, for conservatives of the Tampa area. And what we're planning on is some Zoom meetings in the very near, near future that we want you to not only um, see, but participate in. So it's going to be extremely important that we know where to contact you and how to contact you. Um, so if you could do that for us, that would be very, very, very valuable. So until we see you again, go out there and learn something, love somebody, and for goodness sakes, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, take care of yourself. We'll see you when we see you. Bye-bye now. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.